this is Unpacking Podcast and I am your host, Bobo C. So, before I begin, I'd like to do a quick checking in on you since it's been quite some time since we had a little chat. So, here are my questions. One, how are you doing physically? Two, how are you doing emotionally? Three, how are you doing mentally? And four, how are you doing spiritually if you're a spiritual person? Also, are you drinking your water and getting enough sleep? So you may pause this episode at this particular point and just check in on yourself. So let's begin. Today's episode is titled, Unpacking Korean Drama as a Newbie. So for the past month or so, I have been deep into Korean drama on Netflix. And these are my current observations. So we begin. Observation one is kissing scenes slash romance slash steamy scenes so what i have observed in the numerous not so numerous korean dramas that i've watched is that there are no actual kissing scenes and if they are they're quite rare what i mean is that they act the actors align their lips together they place their lips together but they don't actually kiss you don't actually see the lips moving and i think the only korean dramas where i've seen them actually kiss is one we have it's okay to not be okay two we have goblin but that is at the very end three we have something in the rain. Four, we have what's wrong with Secretary Kim. Those are the only ones that I have seen where they have actually kissed. Lips were moving during those scenes. Also, apart from them aligning the lips together, kissings are quite rare in Korean drama. And I've done the counting for you. Is that weird? Perhaps. But... We have It's Okay to Not to Be Okay. The number of kissing scenes were five in the 16 episodes. We have Crash Landing on You. The number of kissing scenes were four. And then we have Hotel de Luna, where the number of kissing scenes in the entire series were two. Also, we look at presence of steamy scenes i.e sex scenes are they there or are they not there so in my observations is that they are rarely there and if they're there they are quite tamed down i.e when you watch something in the rain you just see them in the bed under the covers that's it 
when you watch it's okay to not be okay you just see clothes on the floor but it's not explicit as we're used to in western series i suppose and i think the reason for this is because well south korea is quite a conservative nation also there is a difference between the cable dramas so these are the private owned networks and in those we have tvn and we have jtbc and then we have the public and national stations and in this we have sbs kbs and mbc so what happens is that the cable networks they tend to show more realistic kissing scenes a bit of sex scenes and even for this is because they don't have much restrictions as compared to national tvs also the how do i phrase it the more kissing scenes or sex scenes quote in quote they are the age restrictions will be increased and an example of this is if you watch it's okay to not be okay there is a particular line that she says where it's actually blipped and when it's blipped we see the age restriction on it so that is what i've observed also since we're looking at kissing scenes romance and steamy scenes we 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 can't really move forward without talking about shipping so korean drama ships are quite serious and they go ham for their stars i.e there's an entire ship called binjin so this is from the series crash landing on you and the main actor is called Hyun Bin and the main actress is called Seo Ye Jin. So together they formed Binjin. And I think everyone who's watched that show and who's a fan of that show is wishing marriage and children upon them. And we also have other ships. We have the Park Park ship, we have the Song Song ship, and currently we have the Kim So Hyun and Seo Ye Jin ship and everyone is going nuts why because we love them and anyone who has great chemistry they must be shipped too we shall move forward to the second observation which is the host which is the original soundtrack and we shall also look at behind the scenes so the original soundtracks in korean drama are quite spectacular honestly i think There's an entire drama that I watched simply because of the music. Also, on that note, the dramas that, in my opinion, have the best hosts, we have one, Hotel de Luna, and two, Goblin. And there's also another show that I've been seeing it everywhere, being talked about how great the hosts are, but I've not watched, and that is. Scarlet Heart. Then we move forward to the behind the scenes, where most Korean dramas have a particular. They, they have a dedication, dedication for behind the scenes. And in this, we have 
actual channels that are for this we have on youtube we have the soon tvn does behind the scenes and we have jtbc i've also seen them doing behind the scenes i haven't seen this often in westernized series and if there are then let me know so we move over to the third observation and which is the portrayal of men so what i've noticed in most k-dramas is that the men are not afraid to cry i mean they cry in public they cry private they cry alone they cry among people i think in the show it's okay to not be okay the male lead actually cried more than the female lead and i have never been happier because this whole idea that men are not supposed to cry that men are supposed to be macho the men are supposed to bottle up their feelings that's all toxic masculinity also on under the portrayal of men we have that they're quite quite romantic or rather they have grandiose expressions of romanticism exhibit a this may or may not be a spoiler but there's one k-drama i watched where he rented out an entire amusement park because she loved going to the amusement park a bit grandiose maybe but if you like such kind of things and k-drama is <laughs> literally where to be also we move over to the portrayal of women and at least for the ones that i have watched personally is that the women are quite badass and i'm basing this on again it's okay to not be okay honestly at this point if you have not watched it just put it under your list of to watch soon and then we also have badass women we have hotel de luna also the thing that i liked about hotel de luna is that the female lead is the one who initiated most if not all of the kisses so that's just a fun tip also what i've noticed is that there's a pressure for women to be beautiful what i mean is that when i was watching goblin the female lead mentioned this quite severely that the male lead would like me if i was more beautiful and the fact that he is so beautiful is what did not make sense to me at all we also have such statements being said uh, on what's wrong with secretary kim so there's that's that's something that i noticed under the portrayal of women also the women in kdrama like to eat and i'm here for that they eat a lot at least on the kdramas that i've watched and also quite wait so i've mentioned that the women can be badass but also the women can be quite 
quirky. So yeah. So we move over to the fourth observation, and this is the presence of second leads or second lead syndrome. And we have the presence of a main couple that runs throughout the entire series. So unlike other series that I've watched where the couples would wake up, go to this one or this one or this one, they'd have like different, how do I phrase it, they have different couples. In K-drama, there's normally one main couple and then one set of second leads. And that's it. And then also, it comes a point where I shipped the second leads way more than the main character. And that is what will break your heart in some of the K-dramas that you watch, if you watch. And then, so the presence of the second leads, as I've said, would either irritate you, honestly, that either irritate you, or you'd ship them so hard with the main character. Because I remember when I was watching Hotel de Luna, I shipped the main female lead and the second lead more than the two main leads. So we so in that we've talked so that is the second lead syndrome. So we move over to the other point which is the number of episodes slash absence of second season. So the ones that I've watched that most of them range between sixteen episodes. The those ones that go till twenty episodes. And then there are those ones like we have when the camellia blooms, which went as far as 40 episodes. And then, what is quite interesting is that there's an absence of second season. So what happens in K-drama is that there's a beginning, there's middle, and there's the end. And the whole story is portrayed within that one season. So the, their love blossoms, their love falters, and their love rekindles, and then happy ending. Or sometimes the happy ending is not quite a happy ending. We're never too sure with Korean drama. We're never too sure if we're going to cry from tears of happiness or tears of sadness. And that is what is intriguing about it. So just so that is a distraction. Also, what happens is that in the episodes of the K drama that there is no set time limit. You know how we're used to let's say 59 minutes or 45 minutes. And this one, we could have an episode having one hour, five minutes. The next episode having one hour, 25 minutes. And then we can have an episode like the finale for Crash Landing on You, which had one hour, 50 minutes. And what I liked about that is that the storyline isn't hurried. You're not rushing to jump back everything within those selected minutes. So everything evolves well. There's no rushing or anything of that sort. So that is what I especially like about K-dramas. So on the presence, or rather the absence of the second season is that, as I said, most of them 
there's a beginning, then there's the middle, and then there's the end. So everything is normally resolved within that one season. However, if you are looking for K-dramas with second seasons, I have seen that we have Kingdom, which has, I think, two seasons. And then we also have Age of Youth, which is also titled Hello, My Twenties on Netflix. So the other observation is we have the presence of the Chables, and these are the elite in society in South Korea. So most of the K-dramas that I've watched, they are still, not still, they follow the rich guy, poor girl scenario, or the flip side is they follow the rich girl, poor guy scenario. But what is consistent is that there has to be a presence of a chable. And if that intrigues you, we have an example of uh, Hotel de Luna. Again, all of these are based on what I have watched. So the main female lead was the rich girl. And then there was the main male lead. We also have Crash Landing on You, where the female lead was more of a table than the male lead. However... We do have other series where there isn't necessarily the elite in it. So an example is we have Something in the Rain, which is also titled Pretty Nuna Buys Me Food. So in this, there isn't exactly the premise of the chables. However, what is discussed in the show is that was the issue of background and yeah there's an issue of background so even if the elite isn't there there were still other social issues wrapped in it so another observation is we have that somehow somehow i don't understand how but somehow the leads will always end up staying in the same house. Exhibit A, we have Romance is a Bonus Book. Exhibit B, we have Goblin. Exhibit C, we have Crash Landing on You. And Exhibit D, we have It's Okay to Not to Be Okay. I don't know if this is a theme on its own of this just happens. I'm not quite sure. That was just one of my observations that I found quite interesting. So the other observation is that fantasy is a popular theme in K-drama. And what I mean by fantasy is we have storylines that involve mermaids. And if you are interested, and there is one that's titled The Legend of the Blue Sea. We have those ones that involve foreseeing the future. And in this, we have while you are sleeping. We have those ones that involve aliens slash things from outer space. And in this, we have my love from the star. And then there's also 
the theme of reincarnation and past lives and past loves and in this we have goblin and we have hotel de luna so my other observation is the presence of ads slash sponsorships so the more formal term for this is product placement or ppl so this is a form of indirect advertising i.e we have the use of close-up shots of brand names and corporate logos so i guess the reason for this is that most korean dramas don't have commercial breaks in between so if it's an hour and 25 minutes the hour and 25 minutes will run smoothly with no interruptions and no breaks so what happens is that the advertisements are placed within the particular episode so an example of this is if we have an advertisement for a mobile app they will somehow infuse it with one of the leads using it on their phone so an example of this is we have what's wrong with secretary kim if they're advertising a phone for example i've seen that there was a lot of close-up shots for samsung in k-dramas we also have uh, a lot of close-up shots for jaguars in k-dramas an example is crash landing on you there's a, quite a lot of close-up shots we also had that in hotel de luna and then we also have some coffee outlets for example i'm going to assume that this is sponsored because there's quite a lot of close-up shots of uh, a shop called angel in us in it's okay to not be okay and they also went there quite quite <laughs> frequently we also have subways anyways i think i just have to pause because subways have literally i'll say it again subways have literally dominated k-dramas i don't think there's a k-drama that i have watched where the leads don't end up eating in subway and i've seen this in goblin i've seen this in descendants of the sun i've seen this in crash landing on you subways just they've taken over and i even read an article that stated how subway have quadrupled in sales because of the product placement in k-dramas so what happens is that so the effect of this rather is that the sales of the particular product especially if the male leads use it will just skyrocket for example we have um maybe stars will take your sadness away. so this is a book that was referenced quite frequently on goblin and i googled and we say that the the sales of that book skyrocketed during the airing of Goblin. Also, we have the series My Love from the Star. So within it, the main female lead used a particular lipstick. So the lipstick is YSL's, uh, I think it was Rouge, Rouge, Rouge. Yes, I think it was Rouge. So the lipstick that she used, and there was a lot of close-up shots and everything, the lipstick, and I kid you not, the lipstick sold out universally due to the use of BPL.
So yeah, so that's so sad. <laughs> what needs to be said during that part? So yeah, so we have PPL. So we move over to the next observation, which is the centralism of eating slash drinking. And in this, I don't think that there is an episode that passes for K-drama where they don't either eat or drink. And um, then I'm cross-referencing this to Dark, which is the show that I was previously obsessed with, where within the three seasons, I think I saw them eat maximum twice in the three seasons maximum twice and i think the reason for this or rather is that mukbangs in south korea are also quite popular and then so what i've observed is that the main dishes that i see is that there's a bowl of rice there's stew and then there are several side dishes and then we go to the other th- element is that we have the presence of drinking. So I've noticed that there's a lot of, um, how do I phrase it, romanticization, oh, romanticization, romanticism, yeah, romanticism of drinking in that the main leads, either the, the main leads or the second leads, at some point, they have to get drunk and then they reveal their feelings for the other character. I've noticed this a lot. And this is either for the, for the female characters or the male characters. But this is quite a recurring theme in K-dramas. And the main drink that they drink is soju. So soju is... An alcoholic beverage which is made from rice and it is consumed neat. And so this is percentage of alcohol is between 60 to I think a max of 53%. So apart from soju, I've seen them consume beer. And then also another thing that I noticed and this is from watching something in the rain is that drinking in the professional setup is encouraged so what i mean is that after work hours is that the the workers and the colleagues are encouraged to drink either together or with their bosses so this is supposed to promote the work relationship so we go to the next observation which is Shows having different titles. And I guess the reason for this is that uh, this is due to the interpretation of the Korean title to English. For example, we have the show Pretty Nuna Buys Me Food. But in Netflix, it's titled Something in the Rain. We also have Psycho But Okay. But in Netflix... It's titled, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. So we go to the third, to the, not third, we go to the other observation, 
which is the presence of formality. So what I mean is that the characters rarely refer to each other by their first names or by their actual names. I.e., if it is a female, a younger female character talking or referring to an older male character, she'll use the term opa. If it's a younger female character referring to an older female character, she'll use the term ani. If it's a younger male character referring to an older male character, he'll use the term hyong which is older brother. And then if it's an older, rather if it's a younger male to an older female, he'll use the term Nuna. Um, we also have, if they're not using such titles and they're using other references, for example, they'll say secretary so-and-so. For example, if you've watched What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, I think throughout, except for a couple of instances, she's referred to as Secretary Kim. And then there's use of titles or rather job positions, for example, President so-and-so, Vice Chairman so-and-so, CEO so-and-so, but rarely do they refer to each other by their first names. And an instance of when this is brought up is in Goblin, one of the characters uh, referred to the other by their first name and the other character who was referred to by the first name called the other character out and stated, and I quote, rather I'm not quoting, paraphrasing, why are you speaking to me so casually? So that was, so that is my observation. So the other observation is fashion sense which I find slash found spectacular. Fashion sense in K-dramas are amazing. So if you're interested in male fashion, watch, in my opinion, watch Goblin. There might be others. If you're interested in female fashion, then definitely watch Hotel de Luna because the main female lead, her outfits were amazing. And I mean, the outfits in each episode, there were several outfit changes and each one of them was just spectacular. And we also have It's Okay to Not to Be Okay. And then we also have cinematography. Honestly, if... You're not persuaded at this point to watch K-drama, then just watch it for the cinematography. It is top-notch. Then we also have the presence of cliffhangers. And <laughs> I found this so, so annoying. In that, you'll find that we're... we're close not at the end we are close to the end of the episode we have like two two minutes or so two minutes or so where we have the last 30 seconds is uh 
quick quick glance of how the next episode looks like and then there'll also be a uh, 40 to 50ish seconds of just different angle shots that have been taken throughout the particular episode so what happens is that you'll be left at the cliffhanger and then they start playing the host and it's so annoying because you you want you when you look at the time you still have like 2 minutes but nope you'll be left there hanging looking at the different angle shots for the previous episode hi so yeah be prepared for lots of cliffhangers but i guess that's what makes k-dramas quite addictive and the other observation is that there's a lot of prevalence of family and if it's not nuclear family or extended family is we have a setup where friends become your family so yes that is an observation So then now we go to my last observation which is the presence of representation/diversity. So in my opinion I don't think that K-drama has a lot of diversity and diversity is I take the first instance of different body types and different skin tones. And I think there's only one K-drama that I've watched which is What's Wrong with Secretary Kim where I think all body shapes and sizes were shown not just the normal skinny girl and I liked that. And then also on the different skin tones i haven't watched a lot of k dramas where i saw the different skin shades of asians or south koreans in this instance and i guess the reason for this is that i've read quite a bit of articles where they talk about the colorism that is in south korea where most of them or some of them rather ascribe to the notion that beauty equates to whiteness so that's why quite quite a lot of the leads that i've seen are quite fair toned and if they're not fair toned they have a bit of a white hue to them So yeah that's what I observed. And then the other thing is that there there isn't a lot of representation of otherness. In this we have the presence of the LGBTIQ community. I haven't seen quite a lot of representation of them in K-dramas and again I'll attribute this to it being that South Korea is quite a conservative nation. However, 
there are some K dramas that speak on this or present this. And we have one, we have Itaewon class. So in this one we have the presence of a transgender. We also have Romance is a bonus book and we have the presence of a lesbian couple. And then we also have Life is Beautiful where we have the presence of a gay couple. And then the other aspect is that there's the absence of foreigners in K-dramas in that when they go drinking to, or eating at restaurants or pubs, quote-unquote, because I don't know what they call the drinking places, is that you don't see otherness in the guests. And I would attribute it to the fact that South Korea is quite ethnically homogeneous in that there is only 3.4% of foreigners in South Korea. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they're not portrayed as much. But then again, we have the presence of Itaewon class which one of the leads was a black man and I found it fascinating. And he wasn't a black man in a comedic sense of the way, but rather he was quite a serious, he had a serious holding in the K-drama where he talks about some of the instances of racism that a black man faces in South Korea and I liked it because if you look at some articles that have been written on racism in South Korea and how we have instances of blacks who can't enter into clubs or cafes simply because of their blackness. And then we also have um, instances of YouTube channels where there is a video on YouTube, I think, by Korean Studio. And I kid you not, the title reads, When Korean, I think it's supposed to be When Korean Men Make Eye Contact with Black Women. And the premise of the video, or rather the concept of the video to me did not make sense. If the title read, When Korean Men Make Eye Contact with Women, I'd be like, okay, fine, maybe... They're trying to say that Korean men are shy. But the fact that it was with black women made me wonder if black women are a different species. That, to me, that video did not sit right. We also have an instance of a video under Asian Boss, which is titled, What Koreans Think of Black People. And some of the answers and responses that they give is just, it's, no, it, it's a no. So I am grateful that Itaewon class was able to portray the instances of racism 
that occurs in South Korea and in some way call them out or make them or push them to be better. So, yeah. Also, if you are interested in racism in Korea, we also have a video by Sunday Sunday Love, rather. And the video is titled, 10 Things I Loved and Hated About Living in Korea as a Black Girl. We also have a video by Traveling Nut that's titled, 7 Things I Don't Like About Korea. So, yes. Also, this is a complete side note in that I'd like to mention that Africa, just like Asia, just like Europe, is a continent. So if you are mentioning Africa, be specific because there are several countries within the continent. So that is the end of my side note. So that is the observations that I have made in K-drama. So we've had the good and we've also had a little bit of the ugly all in this one episode. But before I leave... I'd like to recommend some shows, and I think you've heard me mention them quite severally (laughs) within this episode. So these are the shows that I loved. And we have top of my list is Goblin. And to me, personally, this show was so beautiful. There were instances close to the end where I had to pause just so that I could ugly cry. And then there are also instances where I laughed. And instances it was it was such a beautiful show, honestly. And as a side note, the bromance within this show is spectacular. I think I shipped the bromance more than the actual main leads, to be quite honest. And then also, the hosts within it is amazing. And then the other show that is top of my list is we have Crash Landing on You. And again, the friendship within it is quite beautiful. We have the theme of friends will become family and then the the love story is quite touching because there were instances again where I had to pause to ugly cry so those two are the top of my list and then another show that I found quite amazing and this ended last Sunday so all ye bingers now is your time and that is it's okay to not be okay so the last one that i'm currently watching and i really like it is sky castle so this talks about the elite system and it also talks about the pressures that 
the elite or just I think the demographic in South Korea go through just to get into a prestigious university. So this talks about the perils of pressure to be perfect, to excel, to exceed expectations and such and such and such. So for this show, if you have kids or you plan on having kids, then it's a definite watch. So that's it for me for this particular episode where I talked about my observations that I've made, rather the observations that I've made in K-drama. So till next time, bye.